everyone. Welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett, your host of The Light Files. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Thank you all so much for indulging my last episode, whether you loved it or hated it. Um, I appreciate everyone being uh, kind and showing me grace and allowing me to... um, yeah, discuss my own personal uh, journey. Um, I really appreciate it. I got um, some great positive feedback and I appreciate you. And um, if it wasn't your favorite episode, I totally get it. That's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> and uh, we are back on course with um, lighting, <laughs> which is what we're all here for to begin with. But uh, thank you so much again for indulging me. It really means a lot to me. Uh, I hopefully in the next coming weeks, we'll have some exciting uh, announcements about the Light Files podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's been a year of podcasting and um, I've really grown to love it. And I look forward to recording these episodes, um, usually on Fridays or Saturdays um, from my home office. And um, I just really enjoy being able to have a platform to talk about important issues in our industry. Um, a lot of conversations that I have, um, offline (laughs) inform these podcasts, um, always with consent. I would never, um, discuss something on this podcast that I was explicitly asked not to. I'm not a journalist, but I do try to be ethical for sure, because, um, everyone has things that are sensitive information, um, that they don't want to share with the world. So, I try to always be mindful of that. So know if you're ever asked uh, to be a podcast guest that I certainly would never want to put you in a position where uh, this you were asked to discuss something that was uncomfortable for you because I say that because coming uh, coming up, I uh, look forward to having more guests on the podcast. And um, if you would like to... um, What's the thing from Hunger Games? If you would like to volunteer your selfish tribute, uh, please go ahead and do so. I would uh, love to put you on the short list of people to talk to um, in our industry. So um, just bear that in mind and um, just look for future changes in our logo um, and other things that are going to be fun and exciting. So thank you all for sticking with this podcast for a year and thank you for sharing it with friends and colleagues in the industry. I really appreciate that. If you haven't already done so, please do so. Please follow the podcast at Light Files on Instagram and um, support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash lightfiles. So thank you all so much for all of that. So a little bit of what I'm going to talk about today was informed actually by a um, conversation that I had in Las Vegas at the market, um, which by the way, I know I talked about, but uh, as I continue to reflect on the Las Vegas market experience, um, what what struck me the most, and I kept commenting on as we were walking uh, through the showrooms, was how different the vibe is than a Dallas market, and you can owe that attribute that to a lot of things like more designers, more whatever. At the Las Vegas market, it's not like the same kinds of shoppers that are at the um, Dallas market for Lightovation, and as it would be expected. And it definitely created a different kind of energy in that market center than you might find at the Dallas market center. You know, um, 
definitely a lot more activity, um, just of like a different type. So that was interesting. But like my biggest thing that really I've been thinking about in my head is how different the showrooms are in Las Vegas of our light fixture manufacturers than they are in Dallas. Like even somebody who has launched a new showroom pretty recently, um, okay, I'll select out Hubbard and Forge, both of their showrooms in Dallas and Las Vegas are gorgeous and stunning, and they are also very different from each other, and I mean that in a really great way. So it was just really interesting to see um, Hubbard and Forge and other showrooms uh, who, who uh, other sorry, other manufacturers have showrooms in both markets and just like the different personalities that those showrooms have. I just thought that was really, really interesting and almost worth the price of admission just to um, just to witness that and how different things are um, when you're approaching a different market or a different buyer or you have a newer space or whatever the case may be um, that causes your business to have a little bit of a shift. So it was really interesting for me as a shopper, um, as a buyer, sorry. Um, I just found that really, really uh, interesting. So I've been thinking a lot about our industry in a really big picture sense lately. Um, it's something that's always in the back of my mind. And sometimes I get really focused on like small, small bits and pieces, like a restock fee. <laughs> um, and other times I'm taking a bigger eagle eyed view of our whole industry, uh, just kind of uh, probably depending on my own mood or where, what I'm trying to think about, think through for my own business. Uh, um, it kind of shifts my focus, whether it's like a bigger nearsighted or farsighted kind of thing. So one of the things that has really been rattling through my brain is this expectation for independent lighting showrooms to provide a Cadillac level service for their customers and also from the customer to have the very, very best pricing. So like, just sit with that and think about it for a second. We all want lighting showrooms to have the very best in customer service and expertise and policies. We want Cadillac service out of the independent lighting showrooms. And I think that is well and good and correct. Um, that is the point of having a specialty business. You're going to be more skilled, more knowledgeable, know all the ins and outs have the answers to the questions, why the 90 CRI is important, all of the little uh, technical bits of data or inputs, like that's what we are skilled in, in a lighting showroom. And I fully believe that is what our customers should expect from us. Um, as I would expect if I went to a specialty uh, shoe store that sold exclusively running shoes, that they would be able to really walk me through all of the pros and cons, and this is the kind of workout you do. So this is the kind of shoe you need. Like that's what I would expect. And I would also like to add that while I do not want to be ripped off, I also expect to pay a bit of a premium in that kind of business because I am paying for their time and expertise. 
So where things get really muddled in our industry, and I'm sure others, but this is the only one I know and love and breathe every day. So that's the only one I'm going to talk about. (laughs) But in our industry, that service expectation is absolutely there. And there's also the expectation that our pricing is well in line with what you can quickly find by approaching an online distributor or whomever with the same bill of goods. So if I um, work with a customer in my showroom and we do all of the Cadillac service and we produce a quote for that customer, um, they are going to have this expectation potentially that that is the very best pricing they could possibly get. And if they take it to another distributor, whether online or brick and mortar or whatever it is, and they happen to beat that price, which of course they probably will because they didn't invest all of the time and energy and uh, expertise into making that sale. So they probably will beat the price. And then that customer turns back around to the showroom and says, why is this price better than yours? It's the same stuff. And then we have to say, well, I was charging you for my service? I don't know. It's like I'd have never found a good way to address that concern of a customer. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, mea culpa, I'm just trying to make a a, a living here. <laughs> like, this is a for-profit business. It is not a charity. <laughs> we are trying to um, make more than what it costs us to operate. Like, I'm so I like I always feel like this need to apologize <laughs> for capitalism <laughs> Be- because the situation can arise so frequently. Customers want to get all the good out of us, and they also want to get the very best pricing. And I don't fault consumers for that behavior. Like, I really don't. What I think the issue for our particular industry is, is there doesn't seem to be a basement on pricing. There's no, like, no, we just don't drop below this level. It's like, name your price tool over here. And uh, if I didn't have to do the work to get the sale, I'll, I'll sell it to you for 10% over my cost uh, and just call it a day or whatever. Uh, that's probably extreme, but that just trying to illustrate this point that um, we not have not historically created an environment where our methods of sale support the industry at large. And of course, there's a lot of reasons for that. Again, it's capitalism. It's, um, um, you know, sorry for you that I can run this business more profitably on a lower margin and I'm going to take that sale from you. Like I I do get it, but we do seem to have all of these, um, methods and manners of of operation in the lighting industry where all we're really doing is defeating ourselves. And this is something I really worry about that instead of propping one another up in terms of branded manufacturers and lighting showroom distribution, instead of doubling down and betting on one another we uh, were scattering our attentions. We're dividing it amongst selling direct to consumer, direct to designer. This is from the branded manufacturers now, and also selling um, e-commerce and lighting showrooms. And you know, I'm all about some diversification and how you sell, and you know, you can't have all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. 
I am all for that, but it is absolutely a sort of wild, wild west in terms of how those transactions are processed and handled. And I still firmly believe that we are just diluting our business, not gaining more. And the reason I firmly believe this is because I have the internet the same as the rest of you. (laughs) I also uh, am the administrator of the Fixture Finder group on Facebook, uh, where all the time, all the time, daily, people are putting up pictures of non-branded product that is sold direct to consumer from Chinese or wherever factories, I'm not saying they're all in China, but I'll pick on that as the biggest area of manufacturer currently of light fixtures, sold direct from those factories to consumers in the United States. And the product looks very, very similar to the branded goods that we are selling through our lighting showrooms. Very similar. Um, And at a fraction of the price. And I think all of our... Um, sort of working at odds with each other in the industry has had this unintended consequence of opening this door. Because we are not cohesive and strong and empowered as a lighting industry, we have left the door open to hurt uh, all of us, to hurt not just branded manufacturers in the lighting industry, but to hurt lighting showrooms and any other number of of people in the industry, sales agents in those, you know, relationships. It's, it's just a, this lack of cohesion and this lack of self-sustaining, um, operations. I'm sort of at a loss for words here, but I'll talk it through. Maybe I'll get there. But I think this lack of mutual support in the industry has led, it is a Um, small step that probably began with the rise of e-commerce that I think is where we sort of allowed these divisions in our industry to fester and we never dealt with them. And I think that relatively small first step has led to a chain of events that has kind of started to culminate in something that I really think is detrimental for all of us. Um, This is the slippery slope argument and um, whether you totally believe it or not, I just think that 10, 15 years ago, some cracks started to appear and what were very strong manufacturer showrooms relationships um, with changes in operations based on necessity of e-commerce. And showrooms were, I'm sorry, showrooms, I love each and every one of you, showrooms were even my own, very slow to adapt to the internet and online sales. And there have been leaps and bounds of improvement and we're all doing much better. But because showrooms weren't reactive enough, we opened this door a bit for manufacturers to find other ways to sell. And that sort of worked for them. And now there seems to be no end in sight to this kind of unintended consequence of that one thing. And I think as an industry, we continue to just kind of blindly go down this path that I don't actually think is in any of our best interest. This lack of mutual commitment between the branded product manufacturers 
and showroom distribution is for me in my big picture take on this sort of the core of the problems that we have in the lighting industry. Now, you know, I'm talking kind of negatively about problems and issues, but I don't mean that there's no hope. There's absolutely <laughs> ways that we can work together. We can do better. We can address these issue. It is not all lost. Don't put your showrooms up for sale. Um, let's double down actually now let's really go all in and support one another manufacturers. Please understand that your showrooms are trying to give and are giving in many cases, Cadillac service to their customers. And it is not also fair to ask for Cadillac service and the level and then compensation of an employee who can give Cadillac service and then also expect us to be able to sustain giving rock bottom pricing. These things cannot happen. If I have an employee that is so great at what they do, that they're amazing, um, they deserve to be compensated for that. And I can't, um, I can't do that when I'm making very, very small margin on goods. So it's just, it's very difficult. And I, as I'm saying these words, I can hear in my head somebody saying like, yeah, but that service is how you're going to get the sale and you're going to lock them up. And I totally agree in some, for some consumers, that service is enough to commit them to the sale. But I think this argument has blinders of how the modern world works. The, Customers can take a bill of goods generated in my store and your store in the store across town and go to a store across the country, give them that bill of goods and get better pricing, probably without any freight charges because that showroom across the country didn't have to do the work for it. And it, and, or sorry, maybe not even a showroom, an e-commerce distributor, and they're just trying to make the sale as quick as they can. Yeah, I'll beat that price. Here we go. And they're just trying to get it done as quick as possible because efficiencies, uh, is where money can be made and lost. I'm preaching that to my staff all the time <laughs> that, um, being efficient in making a sale, <laughs> uh, is really helpful to the bottom line. <laughs> and we all know that. And it's a calculated decision whether, okay, if I can just discount this a little more, will I get, um, I'll get the sale done quicker and, and move on and we're on to the next one. There is just this lack of a, uh, a basement, a core, a floor that we do not go beyond because it does not help our industry. And, in so doing, we have just opened the door for all of these other impediments to our industry. We have not been united at all. And again, no reason, there's no law that says we have to. Um, there is a law that says we can't be a monopoly. <laughs> so that's a thing. But um, there is no unity because there are so many of us all doing our different thing to different purposes. And I think an unintended consequence of that has been these other flanking things that are coming in that are causing harm to our industry. So I'm really committed in 2022 to thinking a lot about the importance of lighting how to communicate that to consumers and how to use that message to reinforce purchasing product through independent lighting showrooms and, um, and branded product manufacturers, not direct from China or wherever. 
but like reinforcing that this is an important product in your life and it's okay to not race to the bottom. Um, I feel sure I almost want to do this as a test sample. So maybe if somebody has done this recently, but I feel sure if you are shopping some high end range or something like think of some very expensive kitchen appliance, um, I think at a certain point you would not get a better price from the place across the country or the online distribution. Like there's a floor to that pricing to which it will not drop beneath, but we have no floor in the lighting industry. A few manufacturers have floors, but I suspect people drop below that floor all the time. I can't prove it. I just suspect it. So these big picture thoughts about how we've really find some mutually reinforcing cohesion between branded manufacturers and lighting showrooms and how we, instead of dividing our intention attentions across all of these other ways we can sell our product, that we really focus on how we can reinforce one another in our industry as a whole. And I think if we can do that and become stronger together, some of these other threats to our businesses might fall away just a little bit. Let me know what y'all think about this. Have I gone off the rails Do you see a nugget of truth in this? You let me know because that's absolutely going to inform things that I talk about in the future. These are just my opinions where I see from where I sit, but I'd love to hear what you see from where you sit and how maybe we could all be doing better and learning from one another. Thank you all so much. I hope everyone has a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next time.